This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hey. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about Kung Fuhrer. Fury. <laughs> Easy. Well, it's kind of true. Alex, talk about it. Talk about this movie. This amazing short film that got crowdfunded. Um, yeah, it was. They, they set the Kickstarter goal. The dude. Uh, something Sandberg. I forget his first name. Let me IMDb this whole thing first. Andy. Andy Sandberg? It was not Andy Sandberg. Even though Jorma from... Uh, yeah, he plays... The Lonely Island. Island. A third of the Lonely Island. Yeah, he plays yeah. the Kung Fuhrer. Uh, David Sandberg. Thank you. David Sandberg wrote... Uh, he he is a special effects guy. He did a bunch of commercials and uh, whatnot. And he decided to write a movie. And he did this as a trailer... And it got such a positive review that he decided to crowdfund it. And uh, it was... It got funded. It, the initial goal was for $200,000. And he wanted a million dollars to turn it into a feature film. And he got somewhere in between at around $630,000. So he was able to make... Still able to make the 30-minute movie that's on Netflix right now. And I highly recommend. But he was able to add some scenes, more special effects, and whatnot. So it's really a cool um, success success story from uh, Kickstarter, and now there's a Kung Fury two movie in the works. It's called Kung Fury two, the movie. <laughs> so it's gonna be feature length. Uh, so far, it's gonna have uh, nothing to do story wise with the first movie. So it's gonna be kind of like a clean slate. So I don't know if it's going to be a complete rewrite or if any of the same storylines is gonna are gonna come back or anything. But some of the characters will be back, definitely. You know. Well, the, well, if some of the characters are back, then it can't be like it has to have something to do with the first with the short. Right. Yeah. I, uh, it's so definitely I'm definitely going to be in the same universe. Do you, are you looking at the IMDb page right now? Yeah. Well, I'm, I was going to say I'm picturing uh, like a Evil Dead. Evil Dead Two type of thing. Oh uh, yeah, or that would or, make sense. or or maybe even now Evil Dead was just a remake of the student film that they made. Yeah. So. So yeah, for the Kung Fury Two cast list on IMDb, they only have Elena Young as Barbariana <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Leopold Nilsson as Hackerman. Yes. <laughs> oh, but it says in parentheses he's rumored. So who knows? He might be too uh, busy with other stuff. Yeah. All right, and the one thing you said it's on Netflix, but it's also on YouTube, which is where it started, right? So, yeah, yeah the, that was the original thing. Also, that he wanted to make a movie that he would stream and release for free for everyone. And Truder's word, he did. Yep. I got to think uh, Hasselhoff is going to be back. Oh hell yeah! He was only a voice in the movie, but he did the whole music video. True Survivor, it's amazing. It is. Words right. don't do it justice. They don't. <laughs> Let's get into it. Jesus. Alex, what's your number seven? 
My number seven is the uh, one of the since they had a limited budget. Even with all the, it's a ton of special effects. Once you see it, you'll know why it costs. You know, it was still even with six hundred thousand dollars, it was still a limited budget. But they, they used a uh, a gag straight out of the '80s VHS era, a tracking gag, and it reminded me a lot of Planet Terror when the film like kind of <laughs> melts away and everything, and then it jumps to later in the movie. And at the beginning of of this movie, it kind of does the same when Kung Fury's fighting the arcade machine that's gone rogue. The tracking goes all, you know, all shitty and stuff, and then it has to retrack, and then you just see different scenes of the progression of the fight. I love that. <laughs> so he's fighting the arcade machine, and the tracking goes all haywire, then it comes back, and he's, like, hanging from a helicopter, and the arcade machine is also, and they're fighting on that, then the tracking goes haywire again. Yeah, that looks kind of a... Uh, a grindhouse thing. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they use that to great effect in... Was it was it Planet Terror, Jeff? Yeah. I just said that. That's what yes. he said. Yeah. <laughs> I totally... Thanks, thanks I'm, not, I'm not, 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 not going to lie. I completely tuned you out just now until that last bit about the... Uh, about the checking shot. No, he said it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stand by what I said, though. I stand by what I said. <laughs> um, nice. It's it's I liked it. Let's get to my number seven when we get to it. But uh, yeah, I liked it. Scott, number seven. Okay, my number seven uh, is is probably my my only real nitpick. Uh, well, it's not even a nitpick. It, the the whole phone bit felt flat uh, in the middle. <laughs> uh, oh oh wait, you mean the the commercial? Yeah, when he does the commercial, like the premise for it is funny, but kind of just put a halt to what was going on in the and and I get going for the whole 80s vibe and the, making reference to <laughs> how hilarious uh, the first generation of, of phones were cellular, pho- cellular phones and things like that but uh, it's a yeah, that, that, cellular phone yeah that bit falls flat because it's really the only time that they break the fourth wall so yeah, the one the one thing that I would cut I would have cut I think I would have retweaked it. I don't think I would cut that because I still like that gag. But I will agree that it is the weakest part of the movie. Yeah, it, I didn't like it at all. I agree with Scott. Excuse me. But yeah, that's the, really the only thing like I could point to that I really did not like from from the short. But I think they were going is. for that uh, RoboCop feel when they do the commercials every once in a while. Yeah, well, I can see the ins- where the inspiration was. I'm yeah. just saying that the way it played out it, it yeah. didn't, didn't work. All right. Uh, my number seven, this will be the the big negative thing that I have is I find it's not – the first time I watched it, I thought it was hilarious. The second time, you know, I'd show a friend and come over and I'd show it to him and ah, it's funny, but not as funny. It's I find it, it degrades. Every time I watch it, the novelty wears off, wore off on me. It's and, the opposite Jeff effect? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, like for this event, I couldn't even get myself to watch the, the whole the whole thing, and even though it was only thirty minutes. It's like oh, I remember this, funny, funny, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the tracking bit you mentioned. I'm like, ah, it's funny. like I, for me, it's not rewatchable. I loved it the first time, second time I liked it, third time I was just like, oh god, this is not, it's not holding up for me. So that's my negative on this thing. Is it the rewatchability not so good for me? 
Well, I disagree. That's right. You can. <laughs> You're not. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but watch tells you number six. My number six is just fucking Triceracop. <laughs> Straight out of left field. Like, when a movie starts off this strong... Like, you know you're in for a good time. <laughs> it's like he's right up in the uh, quote-unquote credit section with Triceracops. He's like, hello, Kung Fury, I'm Triceracops. It's nice to meet you. That almost Kelsey Grammer-like voice. It was and more spoiler... British than anything, wasn't it? Very yeah. posh. Yeah, yeah, very posh, that's what I meant. And uh, right towards the end where Triceracops is fighting the Nazis with everybody else, all he does is just shoot dicks. That's <laughs> so fucking cool. I mean, it sucks. But one one Nazi dude is just covering his junk. He's like, "No, please!" <laughs> he shoots his shoulders first so that his hands are free, <laughs> and then he shoots his junk. Oh my gosh! Uh, just on the strength of the his name alone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Triceratops. Yeah, this oh, is my so number good. one. Just because of his goddamn name. It's so fucking ridiculous. It's so stupid, but yeah. it works. Is, is there anything better in movies than something that's stupid but works? Yes. Yep. Oh, no, no, there's nothing better. There is nothing better. <laughs> fucking Triceratops. Yeah. The first time I, I... I think I literally did a spit take when that happened. Meet your partner, Triceratops. I'm like, oh my god. Uh, Welcome, nice. Fury. I love you. <laughs> All right, Scott, number six. Uh, number six is uh, not a nitpick, but just something that stood out for me the first time and sub- subsequent time, and that's Thor and his weird, like, old man, bodybuilder, like, it's just something weird about him. Like, it's so, he's super weird. That's, because you said it, he's old man bodybuilder. I, I guess so. It's just something more to that I can't put my finger on. I think if he was a, just a little bit buffer, his skin would be, like, less wrinkly, <laughs> but he isn't. Yeah, no, he's kind of leathery still, but, like, he's got, Super like, the... Super buff. The t- yeah, it's... it's I can't... I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah. Just weird. <laughs> of all the weird shit this, in, the, in the short, like, him, that's the weirdest part. Not the fact that he's giant, or that he... The Norse god appears, but just the way he looks is <laughs> the weirdest thing to me. So yeah, that's my that's my number six. Didn't they just isn't that just like the old man at his gym or something? I think so. Like, yeah, he probably met him at the gym or something. They became friends. He's like, hey, how, how about you be Thor for this movie? I don't even think they became friends. He's just like, hey, why don't you be in my movie? Oh, okay. <laughs> weird, weird old guy. Well, then, there you go. <laughs> weird buff Casting old guy. weird old guy. Buff, buff old guy. Yeah. Swedish, <laughs> Norse, buff old guy. Bork, bork, bork. All right. My number six is the nostalgia factor, just the the retro 80s, the, the chief shit and bricks and, you know, all that stuff. I liked it. So that's why I think it doesn't hold up for me because it's fun the first time and then it's like, oh, okay, I see the nostalgia again. And it's not nostalgia anymore when it's like, eh. so there it is. Six. Alex, yeah. number five. My number five is... <laughs> <laughs> stupid one-liners that Kung Fury comes up with. Sometimes he doesn't even... It, it looks like the character doesn't even know what he's saying. Like, I almost did a spit take tonight just watching it again. <laughs> he's like, in the in the flashback, when he got his powers, fighting with the Kung Fu Master. 
<laughs> knock knock. Who's there? Knock goals. Just <laughs> 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 uppercuts him to death. Oh my gosh. That one and the tanks. The tanks wasn't that good, but <laughs> still worth a chuckle. Yeah, I like so. how he's doing the the gravelly '80s action hero voice for the whole thing. The mm-hmm. the, the Dolph Stallone, uh, Kurt Russell. What do you mean, Scott? Didn't it get on <laughs> your nerves after the fifth time watching the damn movie? <laughs> I forgive I forgive him because it's clearly uh, English is not his first language. Yeah, there was some that's true. a lot of dubbing, but I think it was his voice, right? It's him, but like his accent comes through a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the like Swedes, watching the Swedes are right? pretty good at speaking English with a uh, American accent. I have to admit, all the hockey players that come over here, you can barely even tell. Give him credit. And speaking German with a German. Yeah, no, his English is fine. I'm just saying that he's like. Uh... Uh, Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. Hey, Raj. Hi, Raj. Yeah. So before we leave this topic, the best joke, spoiler alerts if you haven't seen this movie, he's fighting a bunch of Nazis, which is fantastic. And <laughs> he just goes up to the last one. He says, <laughs> you should, you should uh, oh, get rid of your spine. And then he pulls the guy's head out of his spine. Just like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. He looks at it and goes, it's holding your back. <laughs> Don't you mean Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat? Was that Sub-Zero? Yes. Oh, well then there you go. But yeah, <laughs> spine holding your back. Oh, I was dying. <laughs> All right, good Alex, number five. That was my number five. Uh, Scott, number five. <laughs> Number five is I I love that there's something like this out there that's just short. <laughs> it's thirty minutes long, and first time I watched it, you know, I thought thought it was great, and I still think it's great. But uh, you know, why can't there be more of this? Like, like put Michael Bay make a thirty minute movie. Don't worry about plot. Just blow some shit up. Well, and maybe, he doesn't. Maybe... He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. Fair enough. Don't try to interject plot. Oh well, shit. Yeah. Uh, don't write. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! it just do, do your Michael Bay thing, but for thirty minutes. Yeah, just do your Michael Bay thing for thirty minutes, and oh, it should be we'll real time there. sunset scene. <laughs> Spinning mm-hmm. cameras. There it is. Yep. Uh, I do like okay. the length. Yeah, like why can't there be more shit like like. This this guy's obviously amateur filmmaker, although he did amazing job with you know what he had to work with here. Uh, like let's see let's see what some of the big boys can do with thirty minutes. Just make something fucking cool. It doesn't have to be like mm-hmm. you know Christopher Nolan. Don't don't make a three hour movie where <laughs> everybody argues about what happens at the end of it. Just make thirty minutes. Like make a thirty minute movie where everybody argues what happens at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Just make it faster. Just like uh, how Blumkov. Got to start too. Who the hell is Bloomkoff? I mean, Bloomkamp? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Kampf, Kampf. Scheisskopf. Scheisskopf. Yeah. yeah, I just. But yeah. I, I like the length. It It spent its time well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it did. All right. Um, my number five is the intro fight scene. 
I love with the arcade machine and uh, him jumping on his car and getting on the roof and shooting with his gun and that whole thing. Doesn't he like rip out a meter parking meter and yeah. Oh yeah. Pull out a quarter to reload its lasers. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. The first fight scene It's the second, but be- second best fight scene in the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. I think I know where you're going with that one. I agree. <laughs> So there it is, Alex. Number four. My number four is just all the special effects in this movie. It's just the great '80s filter through everything is amazing. Plus, he, the dude couldn't afford a police uniform for all the extras. He could only afford one, so he just had a bunch of extras wear the same uniform, filmed them individually, and then composite everybody to the police station. You know, he had to do a lot of hacks like that to get this movie to uh, the scope that it is. Like, that whole scene at the end with all the Nazis and everything. That was just, you know... I want to well, say it was one guy, but it was probably more than just one guy on that scene. But they're all, like... Yeah, they're just in the... They're, they're basically, like, in the background. Well, we'll talk more about it in a minute, I'm sure, but... But with... The, yeah, with the 80s film going through it, all the retro special effects and everything, it, it works. All, all the green screening and everything, it, it fits... It fits beautifully. It doesn't feel, like, out of place. Nothing really feels out of place at all. So, oh, all right, it's because nothing feels in place in this movie either. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Scott, number four. Uh, my number four is a very specific gag that's part of uh, a larger part of my list, but uh, just very specifically, uh, in the middle of a fight scene, <laughs> Kung Fury rips a dude's arm off. <laughs> and, and uses it as a propeller <laughs> flies over a bunch of dudes by shooting at them <laughs> oh man so stupid. it's so good like, yeah. I think I think I, it's not really one thing on my list but I think like the thing I appreciate most about the entire thing together is just all the imaginative things that he's tossing out there not, not all of it necessarily works uh, all that great but uh, I like that every scene's got something crazy going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like yeah, swinging the... for the fences. He doesn't always connect, but when he does, yeah. yeah. But the helicopter arm thing is is absolutely inspired. Gold. <laughs> yeah. He's just spinning. He first he's just looking right at the camera. He just spins it around really fast and like, oh shit, what the hell is he gonna do with this? <laughs> he's just flying in the air. Oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Even on the rewatch, on the rewatch, I didn't fucking see that coming. <laughs> Yeah, helicopter arm gag is my number four. Mm-hmm. All right, nice. nice. Uh, my number four is when uh, Hitler shoots his gun into the phone in the police station. <laughs> yeah, pretty goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> Almost made the list. I had to bump it for something else, but yeah. <laughs> is this the police? <laughs> yeah. Firing Fuck you. You talking about bam, going? Bam, it's about going for it. He went for that. Just start shooting into his own phone and bullets come flying out the other side, wrecking <laughs> havoc. I love what leads up to it, too. Just that douchey guy going on the pier. Yeah, I got the plot test. Yeah, you should probably get yourself checked out. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, gold. Yeah, that was a, another brilliant gag. <laughs> The right, phone just yeah in midair, just flying around shooting bullets. Chivas age. All right, Alex, number three. My number three, and this is what that um, 
phone gag got bumped for on my list is the whole animated section in the middle was just pure 80s cartoon nostalgia plus music video stuff in there too it's brilliant just goes into his dream <laughs> he's riding off in his car some uh 3d effects and stuff that were all blocky and stuff kind of like tron it was just amazing he meets the spirit animal that cobra <laughs> that talks which of course reminds me of serpentor riding along on their uh, hoverboards <laughs> you're under arrest for obstruction of justice and he pretty much just kicks himself back to life with a little <laughs> help from hacker man but yeah they're like it looked very similar to gi joe mhm but as you mentioned got... serpentor yeah yeah awesome i was thinking that you should have made our crossover list like best Moments where cartoons intercut into live action ah, movies. That's a good topic. I yeah, I for- completely forgot about that part. Because a uh, holiday special Star Wars style would have won hands down. Jeebus <laughs> H. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Scott, number three. My number three is the shooting into the phone gag. <laughs> okay. Um, my number three is Hacker Man in general, but the. <laughs> The scene where he teleports him back in time and he's coding up and he stands on that little stupid thing, whatever the hell. I don't even remember what it was. It was just a keyboard, like an old keyboard. (laughs) Yeah. That whole whole scene and then him in general with those glasses and that mullet and everything else going together. (laughs) That slow, awkward turn. (laughs) He's like, Trace the car, but that's impossible. Not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? It's just an awkward turn. I'm Hacker Man. With the chrome title and everything. Oh, fucking gold. The shitty mustache. <laughs> yep. Alright. Like, oh, I'm alive. It's like, yeah, I hacked the bullets out of you. <laughs> you can't uh, travel back in time unless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alex, number two. My number two is just how just completely over the top this movie is, right from the get go. And I think it's a uh, if uh, longtime listeners notice, I generally tend to love movies that are completely over the top, especially when they start right from the very beginning to set you up for like, okay, the rest of the movie is going to be amazing if it's just like these first five minutes. And, and it ends in a super awesome arm wrestling match <laughs> to win a truck. That's right. <laughs> over the tap. As, as sung by Sammy Hagar. Mm-hmm. Hey, f- hey, for our top five songs written specifically for the movie, what about Sammy Hagar's Over the Top for Over the Top? Yeah, there you go. Did it make your list? Uh, no. Oh. But yeah, the arcade machine going haywire, the punks like flipping over the cop car. Uh, <laughs> the, the Kung Fury just is in his Japanese-Asian-style apartment and the girl going over there <laughs> massaging his arms like, yeah. That's my bicep. <laughs> you already know the movie's going to be fantastic. Jumps down, shoots his Ferrari open with his gun. You know, shoots the door open and turns the car on. Ugh, great. <laughs> All right, Scott, number two. Uh, my number two is the soundtrack. You, you, Jeff, you mentioned the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. I think the music more than anything else pushes that, that button with me. Yeah, probably. Uh, all the, the synthesizer, like... Alex just mentioned the the girl in the beginning when they've got the the sexy time eighties <laughs> the sax 
And then, uh, yeah, just the, the whole, like, 80s action synth thing going. That just, I, I, I'm still not bored with it to this day. I, it needs to come back. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here because this is my number one, is the soundtrack. And it was mostly done by Mitch Murder. And guys, do yourself a favor. Just look him up on YouTube. He's got a bunch of videos. It's it's amazing stuff. I love the new uh, what they're calling new retro uh, synthesized uh, music that people are coming out with today. It's amazing. Most of it is, anyways. <laughs> it's not all of it. Don't quote me on that. Um, and then of course there's the the Hasselhoff song. Ah, oh, true survivor. True survivor. Which again pushes that whole eighties cheese awesomeness, where that's you, you know that song only is only played after something awesome's happened. <laughs> you get it at the end of the movie, so yeah, yeah. Number two, the soundtrack. Yep, number one soundtrack. All right, uh, number two for me is the the big fight scene with all the Nazis at the end, um, which one of you guys already mentioned. I love the fact that. He's in the foreground fighting guys almost like it's Mortal Kombat, and you just have the yeah. background layer yeah. of the big brawl, just <laughs> random so brawl good. happening. And just it definitely reminded me of like some of his moves are Johnny Cage style for Mortal Kombat. And uh yeah, that whole scene. You already mentioned the arm helicopter and triceratops dig shooting and all that stuff. So ready that one not to like a skateboard yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then he just hits his toes to bring him up. Oh man! So or that uh, one, uh, that one time where he just—he's just posing in this cool kung fu pose. <laughs> guys just start running into him and dying. <laughs> yeah. Age. So that's my number two. So number one, Alex. Soundtrack. All right, you already said that. All right, yep. Scott. Uh, my number one was just as you said, Jeff. The I, I have it written down as the side-scrolling fight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like. The helicopter gag, the riding the dude as a skateboard, just it's actually choreographed pretty well too. For yeah. again, such a low budget thing, and like the fact that the guy that wrote and directed and did all of the shit for this movie is also the guy doing all the the action scenes is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Plus, he filmed himself doing all those kung fu moves first, and then he had other people like green screen all the Nazis. They that wasn't all filmed together. Every single Nazi in that scene was composited in after the fact. So all those stunt guys had to like fight as if, you know, pretending they were getting kicked by Kung Fury because I'm pretty sure he he played all all if not most of the Nazis that really? were getting attacked. I think so. Hmm. Maybe not, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he played a few of the Nazis. But yeah. That was yeah, astounding. All right, and my number one, as already mentioned, is Triceracop. One of the best puns of all time. <laughs> Triceracop. <laughs> You're the best dad partner I've ever had. Oh. Well, oh, goodness gracious. Kung Fury, I love you. <laughs> uh, honorable mention to another pun. Yep. A the, lot of honorable mentions. Uh, Kung Fury. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Jorma. Yeah. Honorable mention to the T-Rex and the Hawk on the ground fighting. <laughs> They're just slapping. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> All right, let's rate it. Alex. 
Ah, jeebus. Because of the length, all the special effects, nostalgia, it's goddamn. Ah, I want to give it a 7, but I can't. It's got to be a 6. All right. Scott? I'm also giving it a 6. Uh, I, you know, I always love when something feels new, which is funny to say because this whole thing is built on like 80s action nostalgia. Um, but it felt yeah. like something different. And with the length, and it was just eminently watchable, so a six. Okay. I'm going to give it a four. Like I said, the first time I watched it, it would have been a six, but I, I just dropped for me a little bit. But there's still as much good as there is bad. So Four for me. All right. Okay. So what's our crossover, Alex? Our crossover is songs that were specifically written for movies. Not you know, orchestral scores or anything, but, like, real vocalized songs. And I have to apologize for uh, Facebook followers because I have the Twitter and Facebook linked, but for some reason it didn't go from one to the other. So you guys kind of... Facebook followers missed this call, and nobody responds on Twitter, so... uh, Sorry, guys. I apologize. Should have... I'll double-check it from now on. Damn it! Send, send, happen again. send us the. Uh, go ahead and send it in anyways, and if we yeah, like what send you it in anyway, anyways. yeah, maybe we'll read it. Mm-hmm. So I'll say before we get into our list, I misunderstood. I thought this was like songs that were performed in the movie, because I thought the Hasselhoff thing like happened in the movie, not as like an outro thing. Oh, uh, so this is going to be a little bit different, but okay. it, it still I'll counts. It still counts. I just limited myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex. Sounds good. My number five is Big Trouble in Little China. By the Coupe Big de Ville's? Trouble. Was that what uh, Wes Craven was calling himself? <laughs> the Coupe de Ville's? Wes Craven. Wes Craven. You mean John Carpenter? Or, uh, yeah, John Carpenter. God <laughs> John Carpenter's <laughs> band was called the Coupe de Ville's. There you go. And uh, the song might also be on my list. Yeah. Big trouble in Little China. (laughs) All right. It's a good song. (laughs) I don't know about that. But (laughs) I like it. It's a good song. It's catchy. (laughs) For the movie. It matches the movie perfectly. Yes, it does. Scott. Uh, So I tried to, like, like Jeff said, I wasn't quite sure where to approach this one from. Um, so I tried to do the Justin movies thing and I failed except for the big trouble in little China one, which I'll get to, but, uh, I tried to stay away from musicals also. Um, so, uh, the, my number five is, uh, I'm not sure if there's an official name for this, but the, the refrain is, uh, kicker in the cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I don't, I don't even think this actually made the theatrical release of the movie um but, it didn't yeah you know i don't remember because i actually saw a uh like a screening of it where the the actual where bob and dave were there um no it did because you told me about the kicker in the cunt song like after you saw the screening was that what, i don't remember at any rate uh i remember hearing that and going this, this is the greatest song on earth <laughs> Yeah, there's there's okay. like a uh, uh, like some love scene, and they cut it out, and the movie all of a sudden, run, Ronnie, run, is the movie. It, it cuts yeah. this old man saying, "We can't show you this because it's inappropriate." So instead, we'll show you this this cut scene from this 
from this children's uh, musical, and then it goes into the scene a la Mary Poppins, uh, Chim, or the uh, step, in t- step in Time, uh, with all the chimney sweeps. And instead, the refrain is Kicker in the Cunt. And it goes on for like a minute. And then he goes back to the old man and he says, I apologize. That was highly inappropriate. That scene was cut for time, not content. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, look it up online. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing it justice. It it's like the whole like sequence takes like a, a minute. <laughs> and now, like, I don't know, it's a little awkward watching it now, but it's still funny. <laughs> and it's Jack Black. And it's Jack Black, yeah. Yeah. Doing a Cockney accent. They should have played that song when the Hound and Brienne fought each other. Whoa! Oh! Didn't work for him, though. No, it didn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number five. So, like I said, I did this from songs that were performed in movies. And this is from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, I think this song is called Inside of You. It's when Eldest Snow <laughs> is singing the song about Sarah, basically about Sarah Marshall and. I'll remember it is because Jonah Hill comes over and he just shifts his cock. I just went from six to midnight. <laughs> and uh, it's a good song. I don't remember. I just remember loving it when I saw the movie. So mm-hmm. inappropriate. Elvis Snow. I don't even know who really sang it. I didn't do any research on this. I just know actor, <laughs> the character Elvis Snow. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Alex, number four. My number four is Isaac Hayes, Shaft. Classic. Damn right. Just talking about Shaft. Nothing else left to say, man. Shaft, classic song, classic movie. That Shaft is one bad mother... Shut your mouth. Yeah, I'm just talking about Shaft. (laughs) Move along now, children. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna do you in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna make love to the children. Chef, right. where's the prostitute? Chef, where's the clitoris? <laughs> Kids, can't you ask me some noble questions? <laughs> Scott, number four. Uh, my number four is uh, that thing you do from that thing you do. And noise. So I've I've seen this movie many times, and uh, like <laughs> I can't say that I'm not tired of the song now. But uh, first time I saw the movie, I was surprised that I was not sick of the song by the time it ended. Uh, so that just goes to show the uh, how strong the song was, at least within the context of the movie, and how well it was used. So they they used it like they took it just to the breaking point, where maybe if they played it one more time, <laughs> everybody would have hated it. But uh, I thought it was very well, uh, well, very well done the way that they use it over and over again, but without making it tired. You didn't yeah. you didn't like the other song in that movie? There's like a couple other ones. Those were okay. I quit. I quit. I quit. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> nice. Uh, that thing you do by the O'Neaters is my number three. <laughs> <laughs> That's O'Neaters. <laughs> All right. My number four is the Eminem song uh, from Nine Eight Mile. mile. Lose yourself. <laughs> Eight mile, nine mile, <laughs> ten mile, seven mile. Spaghetti, uh, spaghetti, spaghetti. Yeah. I don't like Eminem that much, but that's a cool song. And, uh, yeah, that's one of the things I thought of when I came up with this list, and I thought they had to be songs from the movie. 
Okay. No, it's still a good, it's strong. That's a good song. All right. Mm -hmm. Number three, Alex. My number three is Danger Zone from Top Gun. So good. Nice. Really, really Kenny Kenny Loggins' entire (laughs) repertoire for that movie. Right. (laughs) But Danger Zone, man. You didn't take playing with the boys? Yeah, not playing with the boys. (laughs) (laughs) It just, Danger Zone just edges that one out. Just okay. Also because of Archer, so. Would you say there's a zone <laughs> of danger? Lana. Hey, when's that coming back? Is it already back? Did I miss it? What's going on? Uh, yeah, they, they did the Archer Dreamland. It might already be over. Fuck, my DVR missed it. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I got to catch up on the last season from uh, on Netflix. Damn it. But did, I've seen a couple of the Detective, detective uh, Figgis Detective Agency episodes. So strong still. Uh, Alright, I don't know where we're at now. Number three. For Scott? Yeah. Uh, number three was uh, Big Trouble in Little China by the Coop de Vils. Uh, yeah, there it, it is. As I mentioned, it was like the perfect closer to that movie. Uh, I, I get, I still get kind of hyped just thinking about that song. Uh, and it was kind of the, the perfect ending to to that movie. Another way to cap it. Uh, so yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. All right, my number three was the O'Neaters, that mm-hmm. thing you do. So, Scott, or Alex, number two. Who are you going to call? Oh, that's a good one. Ghost. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Ghost. Ghostbusters. Ray Parker Jr. Awesome. <laughs> that was a terrible Janine right there. Yeah, it was. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I'm for Ghostbusters. Why must you be so hateful? <laughs> yeah. Saul Rosenberg. <laughs> hey, that sizzle chest. <laughs> but yes, that's a great song from our childhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scott, number two. Okay, my number two. Sorry, bringing this back up again. Uh, my number two is from the Wedding Singer. Uh, Somebody Kill Me, as performed by Adam oh, Sandler. Damn it. Which was definitely the funniest thing in that entire movie. Uh, Son of a bitch, yeah. One of the funniest things that he's ever done uh, is that song. <laughs> it catches you completely off guard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I wrote half of it when I was still with Linda, and then the other half when we broke up, so. <laughs> Just like, I like how it goes, like, there's the, the, the turn... But it all was bullshit. And then it goes, and then it goes on, and he just gets more and more enhanced at the end when he's just basically yeah. screaming into the mic. Somebody put a bullet in my head. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty, please. Uh, I'm on my knees. Kill me. Yes. Epic. Okay. I guess that was a thing before. I don't know CDs where people would make these. Kind of hate songs and stuff, but... Yeah, I made you a mixtape with the hate song in the middle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. an honorable mention for me, so... Yeah, that was cool. uh, hysterical. My number two. Right. My number two is something we actually talked about a few episodes ago, and Scotty doesn't know. Oh, damn it. There he is. Actually, no. I mean, fuck you, Jeff. Scotty didn't know that I was going <laughs> to pick Scotty, Scotty doesn't know. know. Uh, 
That's some meta shit right there. All right. Did you also do it on his birthday? <laughs> we talked about this enough on our last whatever we did this. So Sky Doesn't Euro Know trip, yeah. by Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex, well, number one. My number one in all-time Queen classic, Flash. From Flash Gordon. Master savior of the Universe. Of the universe. Oh, savior of the Universe. I was doing He-Man yeah. version. Yeah. Masters of the Universe. Damn, that's strong, I love that Alex. song. I wish that was on my list. Oh, well. I can listen to that song. It's one what? of those songs that I could just listen to over and over again. I love Flash. I love Queen in general, but ah, damn. Now, are you sure that strong. was written for the movie? <laughs> I'm not, well, why wouldn't it be? They wrote some weird ass songs. I like well, I, yeah. I like on like the official like EP version of that. Uh like they, they throw in some audio from the movie into it. Uh, yeah. Flash, I love you, but you have to save the world. Yeah, they have Ming the Merciless VO like causing havoc on Earth. So good. Flash, number one. <laughs> Scott, number one. Okay, my number one is uh, going back to where I started this thing. Uh, Run, Ronnie, Run. Uh, <laughs> the musical within the movie, uh, the Run, Ronnie, Run musical, as performed by Mandy Patinkin. Y'all are brutalizing me. <laughs> I, I can't do this justice. Uh, please just look it up. Uh, just Manny Patinkin, Run, Runny, Run, Y'all Are Brutalizing Me. Um, it's a song about a a redneck who gets drunk and fights and tries to escape the police. As sung again by Mandy Patinkin on a stage on Broadway. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> I, just, just go watch. Mm-hmm. Just do it. <laughs> and also watch uh, Mr. Show. What was this? This was the first episode of Mr. Show, right? Yeah, the Run, Run, Run originated with, uh, yeah, the first episode of Mr. Show. So watch that, too. Yeah. What do those guys ever go on to do? (laughs) Nothing. Yeah, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and my number one is a cheat, but not really. It's pretty much every song from This Is Spinal Tap. (laughs) Ah, Nice. Big Bottom Girls, Stonehenge, (laughs) Rock and Roll Creation, Hellhole. But come on, Stonehenge. Oh, how they danced. <laughs> we have Stonehenge in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. <laughs> so when I visited the the real Stonehenge, I oh I had uh, my friend record me dancing in front of it. <laughs> Did you do the thing where it was way, way in the foreground so it looked like you were giant? Uh, kind of, because you can't get that close to it anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, by default, that kind of looks that way. But, yes, I love that movie. And, um, yeah, almost all the songs in there. And uh, just as we talked about before with Conan, how the doc, the commentary is really good. Do this as Spinal Tap commentary. Yeah. It's like a whole other movie. It's them in character reviewing the movie and them <laughs> not knowing that they... <laughs> he, they, did, they act like they didn't really know they were being filmed and the whole thing. Oh, he made us look bad. And they're just ripping on um, Meathead. Right. Forgot his name. Oh, he's got a fake beard. <laughs> you can see the glue. 
So check it out. Spinal Tap, the commentary. There it is. And that's it. That's all of it. Anything else? Oh, uh, honorable mention to every song in Team America World Police. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My favorite being uh, the uh, What Would You Do? What Would You Do? Do. Freedom Only Cause. musical. A Bucko Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, AIDS, 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 AIDS is a close second. <laughs> Damn it. Everybody's got AIDS. I should have put that one, yeah. This is a musical. You guys can't use these songs. I know. That's what I'm saying. Honorable mention. Well, technically, the movie as a whole isn't a musical. AIDS, 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 AIDS. All right. It's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. Uh, I'm actually doing a little bit uh, a serious thing. Just a little tiny bit, because ESPN is releasing its uh, body issue. Where it has a bunch of athletes with completely different body types for different sports do uh, tasteful nude photos. And some of these, you know, I did a lot of, uh, I went to art school. I did a lot of uh, modeling, experimenting, life, life drawings. <laughs> uh, not modeling, Jeebus H. But experimenting. Experiments. Modeling. Yeah. <laughs> so it says no the modeling, but. So a lot of these pho- photographs are really good reference as well for uh, muscular, different vastly different body types and everything and you can see also how different people are built for different sports also like a figure skater's body isn't going to look the same as hockey players or an mma fighters it's it's pretty amazing so i recommend you take a gander not just for the obvious reasons <laughs> although scott damn i will take i won't take a gander but i will take a goose whoa <laughs> all right is that it? Yeah. All I right. recommend the Joe Thornton and Brent Burns <laughs> shoot they did together. Not, they don't have all their teeth. Let's just say that. <laughs> it's pretty <Yeah>. good. <laughs> Missing teeth and have giant beards and mm-hmm. good bodies, apparently. But they play for the Sharks, so fuck them. It's time <laughs> for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay. Uh, so a lot of levity... Uh, in this this episode, but uh, change gears here with some sad news. Um, start to start, unfortunately. Uh, Martin Landau has passed away uh, over the weekend at uh, age 89. Uh, Pull the string! Yeah. Pull the string! Best, you know, his best role, Ed Wood, is Bela Lugosi. Um, but he, he has uh, 177 acting credits. Just one of those kind of Hollywood mainstays. Um, yeah. A lot of film and television. Uh, North by Northwest, right. the Mission Impossible TV show. Yeah, um, I was about to mention that. Yeah, just a ton of other things. Um, X-Files episodes. X-Files, yes, movie. that's right. One of them. Was in the movie, I thought, right? Yeah, the movie, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just, again, I remember him being really good in uh, The Majestic, uh, which kind of wasn't good, but he was good. <laughs> um so entourage that's right he was an entourage uh so martin landau um 89 177 acting credits like we're getting to the point where now where it's kind of like with the you know like old like records and sports like some of these guys like christopher lee christopher lee's and martin landau's of the world like no one's gonna get that many credits you know what i mean uh unless (laughs) unless they're like that one guy that does the voice that does all the animals frank welker uh, 
or yeah. extras that are always in every movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Martin Landau, and then uh, moving along to another one, which was kind of a, another blow. Uh, George Romero um, passed oh, away over yeah. the weekend at seventy-seven. Um, just huge impact on film, or at least a certain genre of film, um, which led to pop culture. Basically, the man responsible for zombies as we know them, um, and mm-hmm. and everything um, from video games to um, when he started with Night of the Living Dead. Um, so just sad news there too. Uh, like, yeah, uh, he'll probably he'll probably be yeah back. he'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the man too soon. The man uh, dedicated his life to zombies, pretty much. Uh, if you look at if you go to his IMDb page and see everything he he wrote and directed and produced, um, you know, just huge hugely responsible for a significant part of of that portion of horror and pop culture. Um, although like his movies did like resonate too with, uh, on a, on a social level, um, at least for, um, like night of the living dead, definitely. Um, and, uh, Dawn of the, Dawn dead. Of the dead, right? Yeah. Um, you know, with the, the racial overtones and things like that. Um, so yeah, just more sad news. Uh, a, a, a giant, um, of what he did. Um, so, hopefully that's it for the entire year. <laughs> we don't have to talk about this again. Uh, but no, the third one was uh, Lafayette from True Blood. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did pass. That was really unexpected. Yeah, he heart complications, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was sad too. Um, I don't remember the actor's name. Uh, now I feel like an ass. Thanks, thanks, Alex. You're welcome. Um, look it up while I talk, please. Uh, anyways, um, moving on to lighter news, um, I did see Spider-Man Homecoming. Did either of you manage to catch it? Not yet. Take that as a no from Alex. No. Um, I have not. I've only seen, oh wait, I've seen more than one movie this year. Nelson Ellis. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Yeah, sad he news. He was great on True Blood. That show kind of, you know, went down the rails, but he uh, he was always good in it. For sure. There it is. Um, so Hooker. <laughs> so Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, so not spoiling anything. Uh, I liked it. Um, I put it in the middle of the Marvel movies. Or the upper middle. Um, possibly the, the best Spider-Man. Like, like as an as actor playing the character. Um, he definitely skews a lot younger than the other two. Um, and I did like that, it, you know, it's him in high school. Uh, not And not just, like, for a couple scenes, but, like, for all of it. Um, spoiler. I guess it's a small spoiler. Uh, it's It's got a, a lot of the, the MCU stuff, like the MCU level of, I don't know, humor and quality. Uh, so it was good that... Um, Sony kind of let Marvel step in here. Um, and they get rewarded with uh, some appearances by some of the other Marvel characters. Uh, without spoiling anything. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I recommend it. Uh, it's a good Spider-Man. It's a... Uh, um, I liked it that it was a, kind of more of a ground-level uh, movie. You know, the, the stakes weren't 
entire cities being blown up or anything like what? that. What? Yeah, Spider-Man's on the ground the whole time? That's lame. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff, you're thinking about Man-Spider. Oh. Is he playing um, Nightcrawlers? <laughs> yeah, on the ground. Yeah. Fizz! Yeah, so if you like Spider-Man, if you like Marvel, go see it. And if you don't, why the hell are you listening to our podcast? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, here. And then, uh, just quick note, uh, Valerian, um, I, forget, I can't remember the subtitle. Uh, Valerian, Planet uh, of a Thousand Cities. Walkers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Valerian, City of, a Thou- Planet, City of a Thousand Planets, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, that comes out this week. Um, I'm looking forward to this. It looks insane. Um, you know, I'm not expecting... <laughs> If, if, if it is the same level of, uh, uh, if it's... Mars a, Ascending? It, no, I was going to say, if it's as deep as Fifth Element, I'll be happy. And really, the bar's been set pretty low after Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, Jupiter Ascending, that's um, So I'll go in, you know, with the bar set there, so I can only can only go up from there. Um, I mean, even if there was some cool shit in Jupiter Ascending. Uh, so yeah, Luc Besson, uh, his usual French madness... Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. And then uh, at the end of the month, apparently July 30th is when season three of Rick and Morty premieres. Nice. <gasps> so for all you Rick and Morty fans out there, uh, yeah, I'm really ready. looking forward to this. Uh, if you're not watching Rick and Morty, at least give it a shot. Don't watch it in front yeah, of Jeff. your kids. Uh, <laughs> if if any of you yeah. out there have youngins, even though it is cartoon. Uh, it is probably the, right now, the smartest show on TV. Um, smartest slash most vulgar <laughs> show on TV. Uh, and it, it walks a fine yeah. line there. Yeah, it's fucking dark. Yeah, it gets, it gets really dark, but it has these kind of small moments of heart that go along with it, too. So it's not just completely off the rails. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that comes out in the 30th. And then, uh, finally, I don't know if maybe you guys want to talk about this or not, but... Got premiered this week. Uh, did you catch the last episode or the first episode? I should say, Jeff. First episode of season oh, of seven. Of course, All right. I did. And I know Alex watched it, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how much you want to get into it here. Um, just briefly, I I liked what I saw. Um, so they they're in the the compacted uh, schedule this season with only seven episodes. Um, and it felt like they already got got done with one character's entire arc for the season already. Um, <laughs> really? Are they dead? No. Well, sp- oh. Without spoiling anything. Well, then they're not done. They'll probably pop in again, but it felt like they did everything they needed to do for one character anyway. Uh, Is it Podrick? It's not Podrick. And his magical oh. Podrick and his magical penis? No. Yeah. Is it Zombie Ned? It is not Zombie Ned. Oh. Howdy ho, neighbor. He, <laughs> he was a zombie? zombie. Yeah, he was a zombie. Is this the end of zombie Shakespeare? Okay. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. Well, we won't talk spoilers or anything, but I liked it a lot. I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah, why well, can't it be Sunday already? Uh, yeah, I like I said I don't. I really do want to talk about it, but we said we weren't going to do a segment on it, <laughs> yeah, so we yeah. probably should. Okay, but, that's fair yeah. All right, uh, that's um, that's it for me, Jeff. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about? 
No, I honestly have just been preparing for Game of Thrones the last two weeks. Like rewatching <laughs> old episodes and listening to old podcasts. So I, I didn't go do the prep work, but I did watch uh, the season finale, season six, and that got me fucking hyped. <laughs> I was ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Just I forgot like some of the cool beats in that, like the music before stuff gets blowed up. Uh, was oh so good, and then the last like. 10 to 15 minutes. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was sufficiently hyped uh, <laughs> for for season seven. So, yeah, I, d- I don't know what I'm going to do with myself once <laughs> once it's all over. Like, for the season, anyway. Seven ain't enough. I want <laughs> um, well, one comment, so I was already, yeah, I have one of those horns that they drink from in the, in the show. <laughs> And I went and got my, myself an Oma Gang Game of Thrones beer called Bin the Knee. And I was like, sweet. Drank it back. But I don't want to get drunk. I want to be able to, you know, understand everything <laughs> and, you know, pay attention. And like halfway through, I was like, I'm drunk. And I went and looked at the beer and it was like 9%. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's not like, it's one of those big bottles too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So Bin <laughs> the Knee should be more like marshmallow knees or something. I was freaking. I think it was brewed by uh, the Great John. So there, you go. there it is. It's wall. It's uh, beer from the. Uh, never mind the wall. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, that, that's it for this episode. But next week, how do I do this? Anyway, that wraps up this week. <laughs> but next week we're going to be talking about Braveheart. I so... am William Wallace. This kind of came up because I did watch I Battle will of the find Bastards. You. And that is very... It took a lot from Braveheart and that. So we'll talk about Braveheart. And um, the crossover topic will be movies in which the protagonist dies. <gasps> Damn. So, spoiler alert, William Wallace does not make it alive out of Braveheart. Well, yeah, that, that movie took like place like... How long ago? Before the movie ends. Oh... Because historically, I'm just saying he's no longer alive. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's not. So, he's dead. Yes. <laughs> and that's it for this week in baseball. But what is it? Oh, wait, hold on. Dodger Dogs? We'll see you next week on This Week in Baseball. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. <laughs>